bombs are flying, people are dying, children are crying, politicians are lying too. Cancer is killing, Texaco's spilling. The whole world's gone to hell, but how are you? I'm super, thanks for asking. All things considered, I couldn't be better, I must say. I'm feeling super, no nothing bugs me. Everything is super when you're, don't you think I look cute in this hat? This is Random Acts of Tangents. Uh, if you haven't noticed by now, usually the music that intros the show has something to do with the topic we will be discussing. I am Adam. I have with me uh, Rex. How you doing, Rex? Hey, what's up, guys? And a uh, special guest to help talk about what we're going to talk about today, we have Skyler. Hello. Before we uh, get into the, the issues of the day, I want to say something about this, this podcast. We cover all kinds of different topics, mostly silly, funny stuff if we can. Every now and then, I feel like something is important enough to bring up that may be somewhat serious. We will add humor to it because otherwise it's just boring to listen to. <laughs> And it's also a platform that we have here. This is our soapbox. We can talk about things we want to talk about because, fuck, it's our show. So, uh, with that in mind, we will be talking about a somewhat more serious issue with a spin, a humor spin, so keep it light. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Sorry. Mr. Q. <laughs> Damn it. Prop 8. It just got overturned. It was deemed unconstitutional. Uh, this was, uh, by the time you hear this, I guess a couple days ago. Uh, we are recording the day after the ruling came out. I had to take a pill. You had to take a pill? Yeah, you said the day after. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the humor. There we go. So, uh, Skyler, what, what do you what do you know about this as far as the, the ruling? Or should okay. we go further back? Where, where do you think we should start? What's a good place to... Um, well, I guess dating back to technically the original proposition in California, which was Proposition 22 in the year 2000, which originally denied um, same-sex same couples the right to marry in California. It mm-hmm. passed with um, the original vote was 60, 67% in favor and then 33 against, meaning 67% of Californians supported the idea that marriage was between a man and a woman. And then you jump forward to 2008. In May of 2008, when the California State Supreme Court overturned that ban, um, legitimizing same-sex couples because um, the original ban violated the state's constitution. And so, then, so for the past eight years, it has been legal to get married? Illegal, yes. Illegal. Mm-hmm. So uh, Prop it was 22, only, it, said, it said what? Um, it, basically the same thing Proposition 8 did, um, defining marriage as between one man and one woman. And so, because before that, you know, the issue had never come up, but... Around, like around the U.S., a lot of um, states have been um, accessing or giving uh, domestic partnerships to same-sex couples, and so the next step would be full recognition right. of marriage. Okay. And so, in order, order to prevent that, that's what Proposition twenty-eight twenty-two did. It was define marriage as only be to, being between a man and a woman. And so that passed in two thousand. And so you jump forward to two thousand eight, and in May of two thousand eight, the state supreme court overturned that ban, saying it was unconstitutional because it violated the equal protection clause under California state law. And so mm-hmm. four months later, in, in the November election, is when Prop 8 passed, doing basically the exact same thing. Right. So from May to November, that small that window, window that was... If you wanted to get married, jump in while you had it. Mm, over 18,000 couples got married during that window. Uh, and and how, do you know how this came up in May? It just... Was um, it filing appealing or... The one... I forgot, I forgot if it's the same couple in, this, in the current case, but... Um, a uh, same-sex couple basically filed a lawsuit with the state of California saying um, it's unconstitutional or it's discriminatory for you guys, for the state to deny us marriage rights based on our sexual orientation. And so that's when it went up to the state Supreme Court and was overturned. Okay. So uh, November comes around, 2008, and the it gets put on the ballot as Prop 8 now. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of campaigning going on for and against it. And it's it's very confusing. A lot of people still might not understand exactly what happened in November? Voting no meant yes, and yes meant no. It was, it was that's yeah, the, the whole controversy, right? It wasn't a like it was a small aspect of it, but it wasn't really huge. But basically, if you voted yes, that meant that you supported the ban against same-sex marriage. If you voted no, it meant that you support same-sex marriage and you want same-sex couples to be married. So yes on eight means no man marriage. and a woman, and then and no on prop eight means yes marriage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
So no means yes and yes means no. Right, perfect. This bizarro world. <laughs> what, what do you think the strongest argument was against the passing or the declining? See? Hold on. <laughs> uh, what's the strongest argument against gay marriage? From the campaign? From the campaign. From whoever is going to say, no, screw those gays. What? What? Why? Besides the fact that they're out of their minds, what, <laughs> what reason? The strongest argument from the they're, yes on they're eight going campaign. Going to hell, Adam. They're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> the strongest argument from the yes on eight side was that um, if same-sex marriage is legalized in California, then obviously, as a concept, it's going to be taught to children in K through twelve schools. Okay, yeah, that's right. And that's so bullshit. I, I had uh, I was having a discussion with somebody, and they said that same exact thing to me, and I'm like. Dude, they can't even teach straight sex. Yeah. <laughs> they they can't. It was during the... Uh, I think we still have an abstinence-only policy, right? Yeah, well, in Alaska, for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not completely sure, but the, well, what they... I mean, they teach sex, but they don't teach gay sex, I don't think. And even if they did, like... I, I equate it to, like, training marines for the battlefield like you're training people to deal with every circumstance you're not training them for like what somebody may think is an ideal circumstance you don't train marines that you go out into battle and you just shoot people and then they always (laughs) die you give them medical training you put them out there with a you know a corpsman and then they go sometimes people get shot this is what you do in that circumstance they try to train them for everything so that they know what to do in every situation yeah sometimes people get shot Mm. So yeah, like, and, and that's and that's what I'm saying when it comes to you know the the sexual education. I mean, if that's really their argument, let's think about how we should be teaching people. Shouldn't we be preparing them for every circumstance so that they they don't get caught off guard and then they don't do something stupid because they don't know what to do? Do you remember the sex ed class that you were in, or were, did you yeah. even have one? Yeah, I do. I do. I was having the same discussion with somebody last night about it. Okay. Do you remember what they taught? Uh, they. I, I'm. I'm pretty confident they didn't teach gay gay sex, though. How about you, Scott? Do you remember? Um, I remember my first introduction to sexuality, I guess, was in elementary school. It was in fifth grade, and they were just teaching about um, hormone changes in the body. And so, really, like, the only sex that they discussed was strictly reproductive because, like, your body's going through changes, and so the male, sperm, female, ovulation that sort of thing like they really didn't go into the specifics of actual sexual orientation that came later in middle school and basically the extent was defining what heterosexuality bisexual and homosexuality meant as terms and then the teacher saying like you know some people believe it's choice some people think it's inborn and moving on so i mean like the entire discussion was like less than five minutes Uh, so they got a cliff notes version of the uh of the homosexual but of the heterosexual, they spent the whole what week? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't even remember how long my class was. I, I remember two. Things. And it's not even. It's not even like. It's not even sex specifically. It's just like if you're male, this is what's happening in your yeah, body, they, and if you're they female, they try to frame it as like a biological uh, kind of progression. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Basically. So yeah. it's it's less about sex and like what's going on in your individual body. Okay. See, I don't. I don't there's not a whole lot that I do remember from my. For my sex class, I, I remember at one point the teachers telling us that our arms were going to get tired uh, from holding ourselves up while we're having sex. Uh, I also remember... Ah, that's a little graphic. <laughs> you, you went to Christian school. I did go to Christian school. This was, uh, I, believe, I believe it was seventh grade. And the other thing I remember from that class is... <laughs> now, children, when you're being heathens... <laughs> Yeah, no, the, and and the, the other main thing is I remember in that class is how I learned how to masturbate. Before that point, I had no idea how to do it until they kind of gave us a vi- the guy just did that that jerking off motion that you do with your hand, uh-huh. and I was like, what what's that about? <laughs> but, uh, so then I went home and experimented, and uh, wow, <laughs> off to the races. <laughs> I remember actually in middle school during our sex education, like turn it was a lot. Of, there was a lot of terminology, and masturbation was one of them. Like. Sex ed, especially in, like, elementary and middle school, it's mostly about terminology, not necessarily, like, you know, full-blown philosophical discussions about sex. It's mostly just knowing what things are. Oh, no, masturbation came up in my class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, they was covered it. Was it? I, was, I was 10 years old. Was it, was it viewed as a good thing, a bad thing, or... You know, what it, you know what it was? Uh, I, I found out later that mm, the teacher that was uh, doing the class, because what they did was they divided the men and the women so people wouldn't get uncomfortable or whatever. Right. And uh, the, the teacher himself was was actually gay. 
I, I didn't know this at the time because I mean I'm you know blind to the world. I'm ten years old, but um, he he was gay himself. So the way that he set it up, and I feel like he kind of like avoided the the kind of heavy political kind of issue of like oh the, this is what you taught my child. Uh, what, what he did was he kind of like covered the biological standpoint, and then what he had was like a a question and answer, like you open form. You can ask anything. You know, and and that's kind of like how we covered uh, some like masturbation, for example. Uh, that's how we got on that topic because somebody asked. Mm. Okay. So basically, the parent comes come running and screaming, and say, "Well, your child asked me a direct question." So exactly, exactly. So it's it's kind of alleviates him of uh, full responsibility. It's, it's supposed to be an uncomfortable environment. If they can't ask me, who they can ask? <laughs> uh, so moving on from that, I guess. Uh, I, I haven't really heard too much about the education and what's being taught in class and what's not being taught in class. But as as far as teaching gay sex or homosexual sex in class, I don't see that as a gateway <laughs> to anything. I mean, it's it's knowledge. The more you know, the more thought process you have to determine things for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's how I see yeah. it. But in addition to the fact that. Um... The I forgot what the term is, but basically the the head person that's in charge of all school public school districts in the state of California came out and said that's the furthest thing from the truth that you can possibly come up with. Right, the superintendent. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So even well, though they've also done that study about children that are raised by gay couples and they're no likely, uh, they're no more likely to be gay than children that are raised by straight couples. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Excuse me, this is an unfair analogy, but two normal people can have a midget, and uh, <laughs> two midgets can make a normal person. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the parents, although there is some biology there, is not necessarily going to determine what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. So two gays can have a straight, and I'm sure two straights can have a gay. It's the same. Pretty much. I don't know if you'd like to be compared to a midget. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but it's... Uh, I'm not sure midgets like to be compared to me. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> that that was one of the arguments. The being taught in in classes and it's against the kids or whatever. Uh, yeah. And also, it's just it's the other like the other main argument is that you know marriage has quote unquote always been defined as being between one man and one woman, which is historically inaccurate Bullshit. to say the least. Right. I mean, if you like, you can open the Bible and most of the biggest like heroes of biblical scripture, you know, King Solomon, King Jacob, King Isaac, were all polygamists. So the idea that marriage has always been defined between strictly one man and one woman is complete BS. Yeah, well, marriage... and I'm I'm for polygamy too. Hell yeah, I'm down. Well, <laughs> well let's let's not veer off on that topic. Yeah, <laughs> another time maybe. Yeah, another time, another place. But it's, especially it's... since that was another argument, like if we allowed the gays to get married, then we have to allow the polygamists and the child molesters, and right. everybody's going to start marrying their dogs and their lamps. Yeah, that's one of the craziest uh, jumps that I've ever slippery heard of. Slippery slope, man. So slippery. And I remember uh, so... hearing back d- around the uh, the prop eight time, maybe it was a little bit before or during, uh, somebody in India, I, I believe, married their snake, and uh, <laughs> it, and that was being have used as an use argument. As evidence? Yeah, that, that was being used as an argument. Like, see, see what's happening now? It's just, it's just on the ballot. And <laughs> imagine when it gets passed. It's like, well, seriously? That's that's your argument? Uh, some crazy person married a snake. Some somebody else married a tree at one point. Uh, another story in the news recently: somebody, um, uh, some guy got caught fucking a cow, mm-hmm. and in order for him to be purged of his sins, he had to marry the cow, <laughs> and then the rest of the tribe took the cow out and drowned it in the ocean. After the oh. marriage, for the, for the reception. I don't know how the rest of the party went after that. I mean, you just killed your bride in the ocean. See, but he's not being married yeah. by choice. He's being forced into <laughs> yeah. marriage by the state, which is completely just... different. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure that this, this tribe where you had to marry the cow had never heard of gay marriage <laughs> being an issue. Yet they're marrying cows. I don't have plenty to eat afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's <laughs> the entree. The bride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so gross. Yeah, and also... No, but honestly, I prefer... I prefer this this case with as far as like animals and trees, not children. That's just fucking gross. But animals and trees. If people are marrying their animals and trees, I, I would rather 
ha- let them marry animals and trees because then I know they're a fucking weirdo and they can fight. <laughs> okay, because that's fucking weird. You can just like, stay away gay, from them. Gay marriage, not weird in my opinion, but some dude is just like, meet my wife, and it's like a fucking, you know, little tree and shit. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. I have to <laughs> fucking weirdo. <laughs> Which branch do I shake? I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah, but that, and that's another thing too, though. Uh, as, as far as not to get back onto the polygamy or whatever, but if these people are willing to marry things that are unnatural—animals, plants, trees, multiple people—even it's uh, it takes them off the market and also takes everyone else off the market that they're marrying if it's polygamy. Mm-hmm. So that, in in my view, that's that's more for me. Or if you, if, if one guy's going to marry five girls, and generally, if you're going to marry five girls, they're probably not very attractive. Uh, I would assume. Because hey, hey, had... they're always these like cult people that yeah, exactly, are out there yeah. with like five women that all look inbred and gross and <laughs> uni- the last one that was in like Texas or whatever they all had unibrows look like natural visors and shit. Nice. See, well, actually, that's a huge stereotype because I remember um, actually Oprah did a segment on polygamy and she showed like like non non religious polygamists, meaning ordinary people that just want to marry multiple people who have no ties to religion whatsoever. They okay. looked and dressed and acted like anybody that, you know, works for, like, you know, just ordinary society. Like, like that, me? Yes, basically. <laughs> and the women, too. Like, the girl, the, the one of the wives in particular, she was um, very well-dressed, very well-educated, like, college-educated. And, you know, she was a polygamist. She had um, two sister wives and a husband. And so, like, I don't know. You know what? That actually uh, brings up another point that I, I, was, I was thinking about a couple days ago. This... Uh, it hurts the cause, I think, a little bit. In May of, of 2008, when it got overturned and, and gay marriage was legal, mm-hmm. and all the gays were get, out getting married, uh, a lot of the gays that I saw on TV were the uh, the super butch women were the ones that were getting married, and the super effeminate males were getting married. Where it's just a stereotype that people have towards towards homosexuals. It's they're not. They're yeah, just... but but that's the media, though, man. Yeah, that's what I think hurt the cause a lot. Because everyone sees these images and they're like, "Oh no, see, that's not what we want. That's not good." Mm-hmm. They don't show. Yeah, they don't I, show I, the attractive people. That... Actually, the, a lot of the images that I saw personally were like the the couples, male and female, that were like you know in their forties, fifties, and sixties who had been together like you know for half a century, right. who finally exactly. had the option to get yeah. married. Yeah, but it's just there's a lot of a, a lot of this. I think was the media putting twisted stories and putting just ah bad bad thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. Take for instance, uh, you know, they, this this is an example that kind of gives you uh, uh, lets you understand how the media operates. Okay, uh, I heard this about like fucking ten years ago, so the statistics probably different right now. But it, it was saying that uh, murder has gone down by like ninety percent in the last twenty years at the time, or some something ridiculous like that. Murder has gone down drastically. I think it was. I think it was like sixty-two percent. Like so, the, something, something ridiculous, right? Like it was, it was crazy. You're like, wow, good, we're good, doing a good job. And, and then it showed that the coverage, the news coverage of murder, had gone up five hundred percent. Huh. So, so, so the, na- the national was, amount of murders, of actual murders that occur, has gone down, but the media focuses more intently on the murders that actually do happen. Yes. So, is, if you're an onlooker, if you're just watching the news, you you think. That five times more people are getting murdered than there were before. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's the media representation is the complete inverse of reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that's that's what I'm saying. As far as this, I mean, I understand what you're saying too. I mean, I I see those the news coverage of Pride, and it seems like they always get the freakiest looking fucking people Mm -hmm. (laughs) that they can find on the face of the planet, where they got like. You just nipple rings attached to their eyebrow and, and fucking weird ass the half of their head shaved and their boobs <laughs> hanging out or whatever. And, and then they're like, oh, here's a nice normal couple or a typical gay couple. And I'm like, you're fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that typical? Show me that typical setting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, because if you just see people that look like normal people that, that are gay getting married, it's not compelling. It's, it's it's not something that's going to draw attention. It's just like, oh, okay. They're not. normal. <laughs> but Normal's it, not interesting. Yeah. We can't portray them as normal people because they're obviously not normal. They're crazy. It's it's, it's very uh it's crazy with the news. I think one it, of the main one of the main um counter arguments especially in comparing like um 
same-sex marriage to polygamous marriage is that in the when this happened before in the United States with um, bans on interracial marriage, and again now with same-sex marriage, like we're only talking about couples, either opposite sex, interracial, or same-sex couples, meaning only two people. So in all, any time like a marriage argument has come up in the United States, it's only been between two people. So bringing like polygamy is like a whole different arena. Okay. So yeah, that's yeah. So we'll get into polygamy another time. Eh, yeah. Let's <laughs> just focus on the, the property, I guess. So uh, another big thing against it was uh, was religion. It's mm-hmm. obvious, obviously takes it apart because uh, I guess in the Bible somewhere, I'm, I'm, I'm still not even sure where it says this. Uh, the closest thing I could think of is uh, do not be unequally yoked, but that's with non-believers or it's something about sleeping with dogs and getting fleas. Maybe that's a different problem. Fleas. <laughs> but um, well, I like I, I've given um, a lot of lectures on sexual orientation, and faith at uh, Mount San Antonio College, and um, through like for. Christians who are progressive, who support same-sex marriage and LGBT rights. Um, basically, there are three, six verses in the Bible. There are three in the Old Testament and three in the New Testament that speak on same-gender sex. But what a lot of people forget is that the Bible wasn't written in English. It was written first in Hebrew, then in Greek, and then finally translated into English. Right. And so that in and of itself causes a lot of um, errors in translation. And so there are words that existed in Hebrew and Greek that do not exist in English and vice versa. The actual words heterosexuality, homosexuality, and bisexuality did not exist in any human language until the 19th century. And so for the actual word homosexual to actually appear in the Bible is linguistic folly because that word did not exist in that language. Yeah, especially if, I mean, I don't know, if it went ahead to the Greece first, I mean, Greek people are very... No, I mean there. I mean there are references to same gender sex, but the actual word homosexuality could not have have appeared in Greek text because okay. sexuality was not defined in that way. Now, oh, there were okay. there were words that meant like you know to have sex with a person of the same gender, but to actually have sexual orientation as a category, as this person is a fixed homosexual and only has homosexual desires, that type of concept really did not exist up until the 19th century. I see. And so the. The verses that do discuss same-gender sex, usually if it's in a condemning nature, meaning like do not do this, it was either in an act of prostitution, an act of rape, or an act of child molestation. And, you know, these vices obviously occur in heterosexuality too, but logically we do not equate rape, molestation, or prostitution with being a heterosexual. Let let me ask you, though, are there any instances where it refers to specifically where it says acts of homosexuality not not the word homosexuality but describing acts of homosexuality as being wrong uh, in and of itself not in and of itself it's always been attached to either prostitution it, it, all six verses are okay. attached to either rape prostitution or child molestation but that's that's like a general rule i would take it yeah i, I mean yeah that has nothing to do with homosexuality that just means don't rape don't <laughs> do prostitutes and uh don't do kids mm-hmm that's across the board. I don't care what your orientation is. That's a good rule to go by, I think. And so that's really where the divisive issue is in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam is how do you, what's the correct way to interpret those verses? Are you, do you blanket homosexuality or do you say like there are certain situations where homosexuality is not acceptable just as in, there are oh. situations in heterosexuality where, you know, sexual intercourse is not acceptable right but what, what about that line that everybody quotes in leviticus that says it's wrong for a man to lay with another man is that is that in the context of the, what you're saying yeah it's a like the it says um it's abomination to lie with a man as it does with a woman but the entire book of leviticus was basically dismissed especially if you're christian if you're christian you don't usually follow the rules of the old testament specifically because it's the old testament that's why the new testament exists so um, right. that's a, that's always confused me as to why Christians will pull out the Old Testament. I'm like, that really doesn't apply to your theology, technically. That's, that's the picking and choosing thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think we talked about this last time too, where it also says in the Old Testament you can't eat pork or something. Yeah, it's an abomination. It's an abomination to mixed um, certain types of thread. So like cotton and polyester is an abomination. It's an abomination <laughs> to eat selfish. It's an abomination. See, now, if you want anything that's anti-homosexual, that's it right there. <laughs> Shellfish? No, mix, mixing threads. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably one for cutting hair, wearing loud clothes. Right. <laughs> and so the the book of Leviticus is mainly like laws that they came up came up with themselves specifically for their date, time, and age. And a lot of the a lot of the rules that exist in Leviticus just naturally are not applicable to our day and time. Right. Like in the book of Leviticus, um, you know, back then every pretty much everybody was in agriculture. 
like pretty much everybody farmed for their own food. And so you were right. expected to tithe 10% of whatever your farming was to the church. Mm-hmm. Hardly anybody in the world, especially in the United States, farms for a living, at least like not the 90% of the populace. So not the things- legal immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of there are a lot of rules in Leviticus that strictly are not applicable to our day and time. And so for progressive Christians, Jews and Muslims who say, like, you know, this is one of those cases where if you're going to dismiss part of the book for reasons that are based purely out of logic, then you have to dismiss the entire book. Right. Ah. It's yeah, it's picking and choosing, but that's what most uh, religion is, picking and choosing what you want to go by, what you don't want to go by. But uh, moving on to a, a, a much larger issue uh, as far as religion goes, the the church that I semi-attended back when uh, the Prop 8 was on, uh, my parents did attend. But yeah, the, the church that uh, they attended, the pastor actually spoke out against Prop 8. Mm-hmm. And huh. they were telling me about it, uh, like uh, usually he stays out of any kind of p- politics, any kind of voting, but this is something that is important. Mm-hmm. This is something that needs to be done. It's like I, I could just imagine churches all across the nation, all across California, anyway, uh, doing the same kind of thing, where the, the preachers are telling all the congregation, "This is wrong. You must vote yes on Prop 8 to take away the the marriage because it's it's threatening marriage uh, for religious purpose, whatever the craziness is." So, well, Adam, Adam, you you were right the first time, nation. Dude, uh, a lot of the money that came to back it came from Utah. Utah, dude. It, it wasn't even most of the money that was fun, that was funding the yes on eight side was not from California. It was actually That's from right. Utah. And yeah. um, the the Mormon Church was actually fined for doing that by the United yep. States. Wow. So everything that's against Prop Eight, pretty much all the arguments, or I should say, for Prop Eight to deny marriage to same sex couples, if you break it down. Every single objection is a moral objection, mm-hmm. and moral morality is subjective in a secular state because exactly. morality means different things to different cultures, and so. And I, I think that is the the main reason, if not the only reason, that the decision that came down yesterday came down, because if you're going to go by a law, you have to go by the law. What's legal? What's not? What's right and wrong morally? It's what is legally correct. Well. See, see, this is, this is an issue too, though, because I mean, not that I've, I'm, I'm not wavering in my opinion. I don't, I don't think that the laws, uh, you know, I don't think Prop 8 is right. But, uh, I, I saw this thing where it was quoting a preacher and he said, you know, uh, people have a problem with our beliefs because it's moral. But if you look at political, political organization, how people treat each other politically, it is moral by its very nature. You're, it's, it's ethical, which is, is a type of morality. How you define your relationship with the state and with each other as people is the moral issue. Now, even though he said that, and it may be somewhat compelling on the surface, I think what he, he fails to recognize is that uh, it's a, the way that they were voting was a moral way that didn't fit into the broad moral scheme of the Constitution. That that we've all ag- agreed upon, really. Yeah, I get what you're saying because, like, um, all political law is always based on the concept of ethics. Whether you're coming from religious ethics or secular ethics, there's always a moral content that's involved. But exactly. the objective is to be as ethical as to as to be as ethical to as many people in the the union or the nation as possible, okay. not to single out certain people based on characteristics. Which is why we have yeah, the equal yeah. protection clause. Which is, yeah, which is why we have the Fourteenth Amendment. Okay, well, I, I guess you, if you want to get all crazy about it, uh, going with the morals <laughs> and uh, how it is actually law, I guess, yeah, it, it is law to not kill somebody. It's also morally wrong to not kill somebody. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I guess that does make some sense. But what we were trying to find out with this ruling was whether it was constitutional or not. And the judge said that it wasn't. Yes. Like yeah. just because it, it goes against the uh, what I would say the pursuit of happiness, and it's also a, very largely a civil rights issue. Mm-hmm. The uh, gays are being discriminated against; uh, they're pretty much not counting as people. They can't have the same courtesy as everyone else does, or not courtesy, and the same privilege. And, and this yeah. th- this specific issue is really the one that pisses me off, Be- because this issue uh, this is one where people start really flinging shit. You know, they they start 
uh, invoking things like like democracy. Okay, they they try to define democracy as the will of the people and a majority rule. That's such bullshit because America it, is it, not it is. America is not a democracy in the purest definition of the word. Not even close because a democracy is a nation where majority rules. Period. There is no appeal. There's no court system. There's no executive office. Everything right. is done by vote and majority rules every single time. America yeah, and, has and, and never the, been that way. Most most of the time, it's these conservatives that like to be all patriotic. And I think it's funny because what they're really doing is they're trying to rebuke or they're trying to speak out against constitutional democracy. That's what they're they're having a big problem with. And if if you want to think of things as American, uh. Constitutional democracy is probably as American as you can get because we invented the fucking things in 1776 when we wrote the, constitution. the first constitution. Mm -hmm. okay. Because and we wanted to make sure to have checks and balances so that no system of government is able to completely dominate the entire society. We needed to have balance between the people and the state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got, I got into it with this guy because somebody posted some shit yesterday. And he and he's just like you fucking liberal hippies and blah blah blah. Can you believe that <laughs> motherfucker called me a hippie? Oh, hippie. That that pissed me off. You hate and hippies. All I, you, <laughs> yeah, and and all I said, all I said was, if you're gonna invoke the rules, maybe you should familiarize yourself with them before you do it. Nah. And and that's really what what the the issue is in my mind is all these people, fifty percent and states' rights and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, well, well, dude. It's not 50%. You can pass a law with a, with a majority rule so long as it's an extension of the pre-existing laws that are already on the books. If there's, if there's room to move one way or the other that's an extension of the Constitution and the legal framework that's already set up, yeah, you, you can extend the law and be like, okay, well, we think that this is a logical conclusion. We're going to do this. But if you pass a law that is in Blat that that's just blatantly conflicting with the Constitution. That's what the judicial branch is, is for to strike it, it down. To it's go, the responsibility. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. And and the way that the the legislature can really override it is with a two thirds vote. If you if you have sixty six percent, not a simple majority, but a super majority, then it's considered so overwhelmingly a, a will of the people that it shouldn't be overridden. Supermajorities always made me kind of just snicker. Just the <laughs> fact that you can have a majority and then a supermajority. <laughs> Do you really need to add that? I mean, a majority is a majority. How can you be more majoric? Majority. How can and you have thing, more majority than already a majority? <laughs> and one thing that I've, I've always brought up in, in classes when I talk about the subject to like, you know, classrooms full of students is that, well, a lot of people are like, well, aren't you worried about like, like even if they if even if they're personally in favor of same sex marriage, they're like, well, aren't you afraid of like people like you know revolting or like riding the streets or things like that? And I'm like, well, yeah, but if we if that never happened, I mean, look at the history of the civil rights movement. When segregation was struck down, mm -hmm. the first black students that were escorted onto a traditionally white campus had to be escorted through military escort, wow. not just police, not just police escort, but military well, escort. Yeah, in Little Rock. Mm -hmm. Nuts. Right, and if the majority, if the majority vote was the only thing that mattered in American politics, segregation would still be in place today. It took the judicial grants to actually sure. force people to move forward. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what they, they don't realize that too, because they they start trying to evoke the Tenth Amendment, which which says that any uh, power not explicitly stated in the Constitution is delegated to the states. Right, and uh, the the Tenth Amendment. It had some credibility all up until a little thing called the American Civil War. <laughs> and, and then we amended the Constitution and gave more power to the federal government and, and said that its power supersedes the states. So states are, are not necessarily, uh, you know, powerful in the sense that they can, you know, pass laws that are in blatantly contradicting of, of the, the Constitution. What they can do is, is be like an experiment. They can be like a, a, a just, a, a test run for laws and then kind of like pass their own stuff. And then if it's good, then they get good results. Then maybe other states will adopt it. And then if enough states adopt it, then maybe it'll be a federal thing. And that's the way our, our legal system has kind of evolved. Since right. Then. Mm -hmm. Like the, uh, the SB 1070 thing in Arizona, if it, I get that would probably be the trial run for that law. 
and it obviously didn't go well, so it's probably not going to go much farther than that. Uh, but I think it's New York and California are usually the trendsetters for these kind of laws. They're usually the first ones oh, to put them in place, and other states will follow suit. However, with the... With well, same-sex marriage, it was actually... Um the New England area. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. But with same, with same sex marriage, there's other states besides California that have already taken up, uh, this, this cause and they already have it legal there. Mm-hmm. So. And this wasn't actually, this wasn't the first federal ruling. The first federal ruling was, um, a couple of, like last month in Massachusetts because, um, they were trying to basically do Prop 8 in Massachusetts where they were going to redefine um, marriage between one man and one woman, even though same-sex marriage has been legal there for about five years. And so um, when it went to the federal court on appeal, the judge said that to do so would violate um, not only the Constitution, but the, the state's right to um, define marriage any way they choose. And so okay. this is actually the second federal ruling. And so we have two federal rulings that are in favor of same-sex marriage. Okay. Now this still has to go through uh, other thing. It has to go through the ninth, the ninth Circuit, right? The Ninth Circuit, and then on to the Supreme Court from there. The Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court decides if to decide, take right. to take the case. Yeah. Okay. What What do you What do you think it's going to end up as? Um, looking through all the commentary, um, I think that because Judge Walker's um, opinion, which was like what 136 pages, was so detailed, right? Um, a lot of legal analysts are saying that. It will be very hard for not only the Ninth Circuit but the U- the Supreme Court to contradict his ruling because it was so detailed and because he grueled Brought both so sides, many so many facts, so many issues, right. and because the higher courts often um, rule, cater to the judgment of the lower courts first before making their own decision. So Judge Walker pretty much laid the foundation for the Supreme Court to overturn all marriage bans if they decide to take it. So is is it possible that this can go nationwide if it if it gets to the Supreme Court? If it gets to the Supreme Court and they overturn Proposition Eight, the legal ramifications would be nationwide. Okay, so because in in May of two thousand eight, it was the California Supreme Court that overturned it, mm-hmm. but this time it's going to the Supreme Supreme, Supreme Court, the Super Supreme Court. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are not legally or politically savvy, the Super Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> the federal level. <laughs> okay. Now, totally blanked. <laughs> yeah, well, let me br- let me bring up another issue. Is is it's funny that uh, conservatives or or more intelligent let me let me say more intelligent conservatives typically what they'll do is they'll they'll not say they're Republican. They won't say that they're conservative. What they will do is they'll say that they're libertarian. Okay, and li- what that pretty much means is. Yeah, I don't Leave know. me alone, stop taxing me, and I think everybody should be able to do whatever they want. As you know, I'm, as I'm actually I'm actually registered with the Libertarian Party. Like, as as long as free market can can. Yeah, libertarian right? basically means um, free market economic economic, economic conservatism, but social liberalism. Yes, so exactly. Manage your money in a conservative funny. way, but on a personal level, do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly, okay. and and that that's what I was going to bring up is that John Stuart Mill. Who's like the the fucking Don Mafia of the fucking libertarian movement? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you know, like he he kind of founded the whole fucking thing. But uh, his philosophy said that very thing. He said, said, you know, you do what you want to do. Maybe people may find what you do morally disagreeable, but there should never be a law passed on anybody's conduct because they morally disagree with mm-hmm. with that person. For like, for instance, like murder, murder is universally wrong because you're infringing on another human being's right to live. However, things like um, the legalization of drugs, legalization of prostitution, legalization of same-sex marriage, these are all personal choices that we make as individuals that affect us personally. Like we're not infringing on the rights of another living human being. I think that was also part of the ruling that the the state was unable to prove that That it harms harms society or harms children or harms etc yeah I, I think there was somebody once that said who was a libertarian and he said my rights end when my fist meets your face yeah <laughs> and and that's that's really kind of like the gist of it like anything that does physical harm to another human being and mm-hmm. it can't be abstracted it can't be like you know uh, degrees of like it can't be like the target thing okay it can't be like well this guy gives this this guy and that guy does this thing with these people <laughs> and they say this it can't. It can't really be like that. It has to be direct harm. 
Yeah, I don't like who you're hanging out with. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, another issue that uh, I don't know how recent this was, but I believe it was called the Equal Housing Act, where it was it, they made it illegal to be able to decide who you sell your house to based on uh, racial or sexual discrimination. If you're going to sell your house uh, before this, you could sell to whoever you want. If uh, if you don't want uh, Asians buying your house or Indians, there's actually commercials, public service announcement commercials about this. Was, they're pretty funny. Uh, if you don't want to sell to them, you don't you, you don't have to mm-hmm. because I don't like their race. I don't like anything about them, so they're out. Uh, that got voted on and passed where we could still do that. But then the Supreme Court came and said, no, no, I don't care if you guys all want this. That's It's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's wrong to discriminate based on uh, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or, or anything. Or any or, other or ca- category characteristic. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it's wrong, even though it, it, it did pass by a majority. Uh, I don't know, super or not. <laughs> a, a majority did pass, say that we can, it's our house, we can sell it to whoever we want. But then the courts came in and said no. Even though, it, yeah, it's wrong. It's, 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 it's not... It's unconstitutional, and that's. I, I feel like that can be related here too, because although Prop Eight did get passed by majority, here comes the Supreme Court again saying, "No, it's wrong. I don't care if this is what you guys want. It's wrong." And all, and also with the SB 1070 in Arizona, that passed, I think, by like seventy percent. Mm-hmm. Really, seventy. Yeah, yeah, seventy percent. But it, I guess it's still wrong, mm-hmm. even though people voted on it and they want it. It's not constitutional, so it gets overturned. So I guess that's what you're referring to as far as we're not a real democracy, because if we were, then... The majority would rule every single time, yeah. and there would be no questioning. The courts have no say. <clears throat> yeah. But. In fact, in a traditional democracy, court systems do not exist. It's only... Everything is done through voting. Everything. Hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, there's a reason for that. I mean, you... It's important. You know, the, the guys that wrote the Constitution, uh, you know, some of them were idiots. I'll give you that. But there were some <laughs> really fucking smart people. I mean, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison. These dudes are, are like uber genius. They invented all the, the stuff that we live today that, that you know, and most is of them necessary were for our society too. to function. They wrote it. They, they came up with it out of the blue. Nobody had done it before. They just invented it. And And these dudes, they did it on purpose because they knew that if it went to a simple majority rule, then what it was a certain type of tyranny. And, and that's what they were really concerned with. They were considered with tyranny because they had just left a system of oppression that was the tyranny of a king. And they didn't want to set up a new system that was going to be a simple tyranny of the majority. Because if, you, if all that's necessary is a majority to, to pass whatever they want, then that means 49% of the, the populace can be estranged because you get 50% plus one. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's really what they were preoccupied with. They called it tyranny of the majority. There, there's, there's another issue that I wanted to bring up. I remember, I remember I spaced out. <laughs> yeah. It, it just came to me. Uh, also, at one point, I mean, a lot of things from our past, looking back, and I believe we touched on this in other shows as well, the history will not, does not look kindly upon them. The uh, segregation of, of the schools, of water fountains, uh, interracial marriages being illegal. Uh, at one point, weird kinds of sex it was not just standard sex was illegal there's there's all kinds of things and adoption for homosexual couples was also illegal not too long ago and and it's whole... illegal in certain states is that right mm-hmm. yeah wow and yeah. i guess the, the... <laughs> you think we've come along really far and then you hear shit <laughs> <laughs> wow. oh man never mind <laughs> no but and i guess the, the argument against that was that and maybe even still today is that gay couples won't raise as good as kids as a married same-sex couple, which... Do you mean heterosexual couple? As a married heterosexual couple? Right. <laughs> what did I, you what? said same-sex. Same you said same-sex. <laughs> so, and even if I do buy that, that, okay, maybe a married opposite-sex couple will have a better child than a married same-sex couple. But Which if, has been statistically disproven. Okay, just... yeah, but even if, we, even if we do buy that and say, okay, fine, only a married couple should have kids. Mm-hmm. Then single parents can't have kids. Adoption altogether gets ruled out. Everybody gets screwed. That's that's actually a loophole. How they passed a lot of um, bans on gay adoption in certain states is that they made single parent adoption illegal. Is that right? Yeah. Oh wow. So huh. that if you're, it doesn't matter whether you're gay or straight. If you're a single person, you cannot raise oh, a child. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Even though it was targeted directly at gay people, but in order to wow. avoid like. 
labeling it as like homosexual discrimination. They just said if you're a single parent, you can't adopt children. Kind of like when they say if you look like an illegal, not Mexican, <laughs> but if you look like an illegal. I remember there was a comic that I saw. Somebody was uh, emailing around as far as uh, the whole looking like an illegal. The, a cop had somebody pulled over and they had like a swatch book uh, held up against their face. And if they were a certain shade of brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. So, so uh, Skyler, you actually came back from Arizona recently. How, how was that? Oh, was my right. God. So dull. I was in um, Arizona visiting um, some of my relatives, and I was in Kingman, Arizona, so it's not really a big, it's not a big city at all. It's just very, very small, very few shops, very few anything, so. Did it remind you of The Hills Have Eyes? A little bit. (laughs) Awful, awful movie. Goddamn. I mean, yeah, it was dull. (laughs) Like, I wasn't near any type of, like, political or social controversy or anything like that. It's just, like, really remote. It's right. At, it's two hours outside of Vegas. So I mean, it's like right next to the Hoover Dam. Okay. Oh, shit. All right. So, so there was like, like I wish I had exciting stories, but yeah, no. <laughs> it was like tumbleweed, Arizona. Dude, we were at the we were at the apartment complexes where um, my family stays, and I was looking out, and to the right, apartment complex to the left, uh, just desert, like <laughs> desert wildlife. <laughs> nice. That's... You see Bear Grylls walking out of it. Like, <laughs> man versus wild. <laughs> oh, man. You know, honestly, I was I was surprised that that even went anywhere. Because I was, I was going to be like, hey, so you went to Arizona. And you're going to be like, yeah, it was dull. <laughs> End of story. That was, yeah, that was it. That was as far as it went. But you know, but, but you know where it is cool in, uh, in Arizona that I've been to is um, Sedona. I don't know if you've ever been to Sedona, but it's, it's no. a little cool. Uh-huh. Sounds well, like we'll, we'll, wine. Do they make wine there? Um, you so, know, I don't. I don't think they got the climate. For I think wine. it's Sonoma Valley. Yes, yeah, yeah, Never Sonoma mind. Valley. <laughs> but uh, no, Sedona's it's a real cool area. I mean, there's a lot of hippies there, but I mean, whatever. You know, like it, it's still a cool area. A lot of liberal people, a lot of easygoing people. Um, they got they got like weird energy and stuff. Uh, now I sound like a hippie. <laughs> can we can we cut that out of the podcast? Nope, sorry, it's already been recorded. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should talk about the um the whole Target and Best Buy. Okay, that's right. Yeah, campaign. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have you about this? In fact, the reason I heard about the story was because you posted it on your Facebook. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, same I, I wouldn't here, have heard here. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. Yeah. So what's what what are your thoughts about the whole thing? Okay, well, firstly, um, like I knew you guys were talking last podcast how um, for business organizations, since a business cannot directly donate funds to a um, politician or a campaign. Right. Oh, but, what, a business can, but it's a lot less than they can to a political Yeah, election. so like the, the loophole is for the business to create a nonprofit organization that is a nonprofit organization that they can funnel money into and then give to okay. said politician or campaign or whatever. Yeah. And so basically, um, the politician that's what, in question... That's what they meant by political finance reform. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> sure. Right. That, that was a Super joke political that, that finance know. reform. <laughs> yeah, that's a... That's a I, should, I shouldn't have said anything. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, um, do you remember the, the, the name of the politician? I forget his name. It was that... something like Emmers or Emin. Something like that. Okay, well, um, since most retail businesses, I guess, are headquartered in Minnesota because of um, like corporate tax laws or something similar to that, he is a senator from Minnesota, and he, as a Republican, is very conservative as far as um, fiscal issues and especially on business concerns. And so, the reason the 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 public, you know, specific, detailed reason as to why Target and um, Best Buy donated like a hundred. Um, grand each to this guy is because of his promises to like reform um, policies regarding um, business sales and retail sales and things like of an economic nature. Where the controversy comes in is that he is philosophically, philosophically and openly opposed to all gay rights. So same-sex marriage, domestic unions, um, gay adoption just is anti-gay on every political platform. And so that's where a lot of people were pissed off because, you know, Obviously, there are a lot of gay people that work for these companies. There are a lot of gay people that shop at these companies. Right. And to donate to, to a politician that has the capability to influence laws that can discriminate against this group of people is pretty much insulting. That was where the main issue came in. And then on top of it is that it turns out that he's connected to an alternative um, Christian rock band called You Can Run But You Can't Hide. 
that basically advocates <laughs> that it is morally right and a moral responsibility even for people to kill homosexuals, basically. So yesterday I was, or not yesterday, whatever, ah, I have no sense of time anymore. Last, when we were talking about it last, I, I said that it's probably not a serious thing about the band wanting to kill gays, but you're, you're saying it's... No, they're dead serious. Like, just straight out of the book of Leviticus, out of Leviticus, where, like, you know, eye for an eye, stone for a stone, stoning to death, just wow. kill all homosexuals. Like, they are very dead serious about that. That's not a joke. That's not a satire. <laughs> so, yeah, I told you, dude. They, right. they, weren't, they weren't screwing around. All right. Thanks, dude. And so it adds, it, and so basically it adds insult to injury that this politician who is not only like politically against gay issues is also in bed, you know, per se with right. an alternative rock band that actually advocates killing gay people, like literally killing gay people. Now, is, is there a chance that's a coincidence? They, they just happen to like this band. It has nothing to do with why. Maybe it's just the music. Although, if the music no, is the music saying, uh, like uh, most of the music lyrics are about killing gay people. Like it's not like I mean that's their that's like their mo. That's like like a big bulk of their right. lyrical content. So I'm devil's advocate, but I got <laughs> great. Oh, his name's Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer, yes. Tom Emmer. Now, do you think that uh, Target and Best Buy contributed to this other company? I guess intentionally, with the thought that this guy is going to go against gay people. It's hard to say because I think, um, I'm not sure, so you can't quote me on it, but I think the, at least as far as Target is concerned, the CEO of Target is also politically against gay rights. And so for oh, him to be, okay. for him to be the CEO of the company and then support an anti-gay candidate is, um, especially when, especially when Target itself has, um, a non-discrimination act against hiring on the basis of sexual orientation. So it's like a catch-22. Like, how can you, like, hire gay people and offer and on top of that offer um uh benefits to same-sex couples in your corporation and then donate money to an anti-gay politician when yeah, i'm pretty well, sure well, they're i was gonna say like I, I you know I, it's hard to argue for target in this situation it really is but let me attempt now if the reason <laughs> if target is donating money is purely based on the money issue less, like the economic for like retail economic um reform that kind of thing yes uh, okay it, just because of its just because it's a polity of issues that go into the platform of the politician that they support is that necessarily wrong i mean it's it's kind of like the gay republicans right i mean they're voting for republicans who traditionally are not for gay rights i mean this tom emmer guy he's a republican Mm -hmm. Right now, but, mean... but at the same time, even with gay Republicans, gay Republicans will typically vote or try to advocate for Republicans who, even though they're in the minority, who do support gay rights. And so that's the kind of thing. It's like if Target, if this is purely economic and it has no social agenda for you know discriminating against gay people, then why not find a Republican or you know Democratic or because obviously, like if their only concern is money, it shouldn't really matter if the candidate is Republican or Democrat. Just find a person that has the same economic platform that is also supportive or has no opinion of gay rights. So why are they singling out a person who has their economic interests but then also is so publicly against gay rights? Yeah, that's true. They, I mean, they got 99 other senators to choose from. But maybe in Minnesota, the, the pool isn't that big. Maybe it's, it's not uh, – you don't have as many options as far as getting your economic goals met and also satisfying your ideals about homosexuality. So I, well, he, he's a, he's a senator though. The senator is is, is a federal law. What? I don't understand. Tom Tom Emmer. Yeah. He's he's a state senator. Every state has two senators. Right. And and senators vote on federal law that applies to everybody nationally. Right. So if their concern is federal economic law, he has not the 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 company Target has ninety nine other senators from all of the other states. Oh, okay. I to choose from. I'm I'm staying inside Minnesota for some reason. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking the target only lives in Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. There's one down the street from here for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all right. Yes. Yeah, so I guess it but is. That's... It is hard to say that it was an accident. Then, if if all the everything lines up, but 
I still have to stay with my thing about as far as boycotting. I don't think that's going to do much. Do you really think boycotting will solve anything as far as this goes? I mean, it, like it used to. Like boycotting, especially in this in the history of this country, has done a lot to advocate social causes. But I think boycotting has become so difficult in the modern age just because er- pretty much every corporation is tied to some other corporation right. in some way, shape, or form. Yep. Like we thought it was only with Target, and then all of a sudden, like we find out that oh, Best Buy too. It's like. Yeah. There is only so much you can boycott before you actually end up destroying yourself. Like in the olden oh, days, yeah. like you Wait could you could avoid you could avoid certain shops and you would be completely fine. Like you wouldn't necessarily be like putting your own safety, like home economic social situation in jeopardy by boycotting certain things because of your philosophical views. Right. Nowadays, that is extremely hard just because of um, the global market because everything is tied to everything else. Mm-hmm. So you boycott one thing, but then that thing is tied to something else that then you would have to boycott, but then that boy- that thing is tied to something else. Yeah. And it's just a huge chain reaction. Yeah, pretty, pretty soon you're just uh, sitting, rocking yourself, uh, <laughs> in the corner like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, with the Arizona thing that happened, uh, it's just that's that's a big thing on my mind all the time. So I, I'm sorry I keep bringing it up, but Los Angeles boycotted Arizona, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people boycotting Arizona companies. There's a lot of companies based at Arizona that you have no idea. Uh, Dial Soap is based at Arizona. There's a uh, Cold Stones, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the the fact that we're getting a lot of our power from Arizona is like it kind of makes it hard to boycott. Yeah, I mean we want to boycott because yes, we want to get something achieved, but it's like, what is it, cutting off your nose to spite your face? I mean, after after a while, it's just, it's not accomplishing the goals you want. Yeah. And especially with the companies like uh, on, on radio, and another thing that's always on my mind, radio, uh, a lot of the stations you listen to are pretty much all owned by the same person. Like, these stations that you think are competing, they're actually all owned by, like, CBS or ABC. They all own mm-hmm. a bunch of Clear Channel. Everybody owns everything. Yeah. So, it, you can't boycott one thing. Because you may be still buying it, and not even knowing it. Pretty much, but there, are, there are. I mean, there are boycotts even in the modern age that have worked. Um, like with the whole worker strike with Albertsons and a lot of the um, grocery store chains that happened a couple of years back. Like right. that was pretty effective. But I mean, they had to stay on strike for, I think, over a year. And so, wow. like, I, th- I think um, if enough people did boycott Best Buy and Target, they would um, remand their decision. But it would take an extended amount of time. It would have to hit them, the company, economically pretty hard in order for them to change yeah. their mind. And I think that's where it's going to fail. Over, <laughs> over a long period of time, people are going to lose their resolve and they're not going to be that willing to participate anymore. And like I, like I mentioned on the, on the last show, that people are going to forget even that they're boycotting for a while. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, Target, like I need something. Like walking in, like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're parking the car like, wait. Did they change what we wanted them to change? I don't. Hmm. Wait. Wait a minute, though. As far as his, his senatorship, mm-hmm. we we, ha- we had it wrong. Uh, he he is currently a member of the Minnesota House of Representatives, uh, and and he is endorsed for the Republican candidacy for the governor of Minnesota in 2010. Okay. So okay. as far as giving him money because of being aligned with him economically. Uh, as far as taxes are concerned, statewide, that's that could potentially legitimize that legitimize their, their you know giving the money. Mm-hmm. Do we do we know I mean, where Target is based out of? It's in Minnesota. It's in Minnesota. Oh, the, the, okay. It's so Aha! That's why I was stuck in the Minnesota box. <laughs> Even though yeah, I didn't their, know their the corporate time. headquarters <laughs> is in Minnesota. Aha! So it very well be, it very well may be economic. Mm-hmm. Just a, an unfortunate coincidence, maybe, or you're against that. At the like at the same time, it's it's one of the decisions where even if the decision is purely economic, it's like, well, where do you stand on? So, like we've been talking about, like you know, constitutionality and what is right, period, versus what is easiest. And so right. that's that's another big thing of why a lot of gay people are pissed off. It's like you're basically taking the easy way way out to save money, even though you have all these people who are working for you and who you're paying and who could be very well be affected by this person down the road if they you know decide to vote or legislate on gay rights issues yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like um being mexican and then working for a company and then they donate money to somebody who like literally just hates mexicans and is very bold about it i mean wouldn't you you would feel pretty uncomfortable about that like even if they said oh you know it's just for economic reasons this person is like a huge racist but that doesn't matter because we're just trying to save money (laughs) yeah i i I see where you're getting at 
Although I'm not Mexican, so I can't relate too much. But I, I, I understand the. the <laughs> yeah, thanks, dude. Thanks. Correct, you're Mexican. Kind of. <laughs> a little bit. Dude, I'm like a fucking coconut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm brown on the outside, and I'm Ninja Turtle on the inside. What kind of spoiled coconut? Mm-hmm. It's all green on the inside. I'm part Mexican, so I'll put it on myself. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> all right. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Hmm, so if you would have got stopped in Arizona... Never mind. I don't look Mexican, though. <laughs> they would have thought he was Creole before he thought he was Creole. Oh, is that offensive? I hear that that's an offensive word, Creole. Really? Yeah. I don't know why or what backed that up, but I remember hearing somebody got offended. Vanessa Williams got offended by that. Somebody yeah. interviewed her and said, are you Creole? And she got all, like, snippy and crazy. Anyway. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of generally just kind of insulting to be like, are you this? And when they're not. Right. Yeah, like if you I mean, like mistake somebody for or if you Mexican. Like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the proper thing is to be like, oh, what ethnicity are you? And be inquisitive as opposed to just like, are you this? Right. Like, I'm guessing. Let's spin the wheel. Yeah, that that is dangerous. Let's spin the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts, Skyler, before we uh, wrap this up? Quite honestly, I think gay rights will be pretty much fully inclusive um once i get to the same state supreme or the united states supreme court excuse me um i think judge walker laid a very very solid foundation that would be very difficult to overturn or backpedal on let me, let me ask you this though i think this is kind of up in the air right now i don't know it but if the, the supreme court decides to say that it's not valid it's unconstitutional to make a law against gay marriage does that even though that was kind of like a negative freedom, does it give people a positive freedom in the sense that now every state has to guarantee people that are gay the right to marry? You're saying if the United States Supreme Court upholds Judge Walker's decision that it's unconstitutional, then all states would have to... Yeah, do they have to follow suit? Yeah. They have to honor that? Mm-hmm. That's what... Because so, that's, so, that's exactly what happened um, in 1967 when the ban on interracial marriage was overturned by the Supreme Court. It nullified any bans on interracial marriage uh, nationwide. Wow. Okay. So this this could happen very soon then across the nation. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, not really. It, it, it mean, could. It, it, may, it may not happen right away, but it is, it's possible. Like at the at the earliest, it would be before the Supreme Court by 2012. That's at the earliest. And we have no idea yeah. how long it's going to take to get through the Ninth Circuit Courts or to actually get through It takes a the... really long time. Mm-hmm. Now, if the Supreme Court shoots it down, is, there, is that it? It's over? Or do we still have... T- you can still appeal that and keep fighting it or it's pretty much over not immediately like it would take a long time for it to come full circle again i see like yeah. at that point at that point um the, the states would pretty much do what they've been doing is trying to pass it by state by state rather than doing something federally now the the judge that overturned it yesterday oh that's that was another point that i wanted to bring up judge walker is a republican which is actually pretty historic um concerning this debate Concerning that he's a Republican that was actually nominated and as a federal judge by, I forget if it was Reagan or Bush Senior. Well, it was Bush. Reagan. Bush. Uh, oh? H. George H. Bush. Yeah, I, I, oh. I heard that. Now I've also heard rumors that uh, Judge Walker may, in fact, himself be homosexual. Have you heard that? Mm-mm. I heard that. If that does come out to be true, is that going to hurt the, the ruling at all? It wouldn't hurt the ruling because it's already been done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 like it wouldn't the... hurt the ruling at all. It, it's just like if if uh, Sayoro Mayor made a civil rights ruling uh, that involved the case with Puerto Ricans, they're not going to invalidate her decision just because she comes from a Puerto Rican background. Okay. Well, but I mean, it's, it's hard to hide that you're from a Puerto Rican background. Mm-hmm. It it may be it's easier to hide your sexual orientation than it is no, like, it skin color. Like I understand what you're saying, but it wouldn't. It would. They would not affect. The, his ruling in any way, shape, or form. Now, the proponents, meaning the supporters of Proposition Eight, could use that in the media to say, like, "Oh, he's gay, therefore, you like, you know, obviously he's going to support gay rights, so like his his thing shouldn't count." So when it gets to the Ninth Circuit and the United, United States Supreme Court, then they should take into consideration the fact that he's gay too. Okay. Yeah, dude. He he wrote a hundred and twelve page opinion on this matter. It it was it didn't consist of I'm gay, ha 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 ha. You know, I got gotcha. you. Over and over again. <laughs> I got you. Um, but it, it's 112 pages of legal reason. Yeah. You know, it's, and testimony it's, and from psychologists yeah. and sociologists and legal scholars. So Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, too, the, the, the reason why he, he claims to have laid the hammer down so hard on this, this particular subject is uh, he said the thing that really, really compelled him was that uh, 
the executive branch of California, Governor Schwarzenegger, and the judicial branch, which is uh, ran by uh, Jerry Brown, I think, yes. uh, still, uh, both declined to defend it. So, so this law that was passed by the state and is supposed to be, you know, defended by the state, the executive branch or the judicial branch of the state, uh, was un- went undefended uh, by the state itself. So somebody else had to step in and, and uh, defend the law on uh, on uh, the the behalf of the people that are like in defense of marriage or whatever the group's called. So uh, he said yeah, that that was a big issue, that neither anybody from Schwarzenegger's office and the, the, the judicial branch of California, they declined to step in and, and argue on its behalf. Yeah, Governor Schwarzenegger, Jerry Brown, and the Attorney General all said that they are in favor of same-sex marriage and that they disagree with this law. The only reason yeah. they upheld it was because they were under legal obligations and their hands were tied, but huh. they did not support the law whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> so they didn't come out against it, but they did come out for it then, or vice versa. Well, they, they, no they're way. obligated. They, yeah, they, that's a good way to put it. They are, as, as elected officials, they are obligated to uphold the law once it's in place. But morally, they are opposed, they were opposed okay. to the law. They, they, that same-sex couples should have equal marriage rights under the state, just like heterosexual couples. So. Okay. So it's like my hands are tied. Mm-hmm. I, I have no choice. I'm sorry. Sign, sign, sign. And they were, um, and they were actually on the, they are, their names are actually on the case to get it overturned. So not only were they, and not in favor of the law, but they were actually. Oh, they um, filed amicus briefs. Yeah. Against it. <laughs> <laughs> super <That's> briefs. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> <super> <laughs> <briefs>. <laughs> no, an, an amicus brief is is pretty much a, a legal opinion or an argument that you lend to the court. It's, it, it pretty just means it, it meant. Ah, excuse me, I'm tongue tied all day, but it means a friend of the court brief. So, say for instance, there's a, a case coming up. Uh, that you have a strong opinion about and you think you can write pretty well legally and, and you have some good reasoning, you can file a brief. You can submit it to the court. And there, there's hundreds of these things that get filed, left and right, on both sides of every issue. And uh, the, apparently this is what happened, though. The, the governor and uh, Jerry Brown and everybody, they filed friend-of-the-court briefs against Prop 8. So anyone can file a brief or you have to be in some sort of high status? No, I'm pretty sure anybody. What if you're a pelican? <laughs> Adam, you can marry a pelican, but you can't <laughs> let a pelican file a brief. Uh, that's an old Denzel movie. Never mind. I know. I, I know. All, right. All right. The pelican brief? Yes. All right. Let's, let's get out on a high note, if you call that high. <laughs> Super high. All right. <laughs> Until next time. Uh, I'm Adam. I'm Skyler. And I'm Rex. Well, there once were two cowboys all alone out on the trail. And they discovered they could sleep with another male. Now they're having butt sex. Cowboy butt sex. Sodomy. Come on, everybody. Sodomy. Shot at me. Shot at me.